Good morning. I'm Glenn. I'm part of the pastoral team here at Faith. Uh, it's great to be with you here on this Easter morning. I've got my Easter tie. I got my Easter shirt. We're in for a great time here this morning. Easter Sunday. It, it's a day of celebration. It, it's a day of victory. It's a day that Christians recognize the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And according to, to scripture, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice to pay for our sins, for our shortcomings. But death was not the end. If the cross was, was the last chapter, then, then this journey was, was a horrible tragedy. But in this narrative, the cross was a comma, not a period. For Christ and ultimately for us, the, the, the cross was not the end. The grave was borrowed, not owned. The death was a temporary necessity, but not our final destiny. Jesus is alive. He has risen this morning. So as Christians, we put all our proverbial Easter eggs in one basket. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that this morning. His victory. Ah, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. What a story. What a Savior. What a victory in Jesus' name. Now, you might be asking, Pastor Glenn, what's the big, the big deal here? It's like, what's, what's so important about Easter? Well, Easter confirms who Jesus was. It confirms his authority and his ability to exercise that authority. It's his final victory. We have life because he's alive this morning. Paul, who is one of the leaders of the early church very early on. He, he wrote letters to some of the churches that he, that he founded. And, and one of these letters was to the church in Corinth. And he was dealing with some people that were saying that there was no resurrection. And, and, and even more specifically, that Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. And so Paul was addressing that in one of his letters in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'll read from verses 17 to 22. And so Paul, he's, he's making his point and he says, if Christ has not been raised... Your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they're lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, but, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. I mean, this was a crucial tenet of the very early church. Death came through Adam, but life comes through Jesus Christ. He's victorious. But, but I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let me, let me kind of pull back. Let's look at the account of Jesus' resurrection found in the Gospel of Luke. Um, if, you want to, if you have a Bible and want to turn there, it's Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to read, uh, start at verse 1 and read down through. And so this is the account from, from Luke's perspective uh, after Jesus' death and resurrection. So it starts out uh, with, with Jesus' um, the, the ladies going to the, to the tomb. So it says in verse 1, But very early on, Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. 
The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. And, and the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day? Then they remembered what he had said. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. Now I want you to picture with me here. Can you imagine being one of those poor women? They, 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 they got their spices and they got what they needed to go to the tomb. And, and it says that they, they ran and they went, or they went there and when they went in, the stone was gone. And the... What comes to them when, the, when this person appears to them, when these two appear to them, it's like, why are you looking for someone that's alive in a tomb? I mean, the women, the women went to the tomb to embalm their fallen rabbi. But for, after the, the angels appeared to them, they, they left the tomb with a message of a risen savior. They, they came to that point, they came to the realization he is risen. They watched him die. In their grief, all they could see was death. Their minds were closed. I mean, can you imagine the picture that must have been there having watched him be crucified? It wasn't until those messengers in dazzling robes jogged their memory that they realized what Jesus had said that he would rise again on the third day and he did what he said he would do. The account goes on to describe Jesus appearing to two men on the, on the road to Emmaus. And as they walked together, they, he, he spoke to them and, and, and they finally realized that it was him. And then these two men actually go and they, they speak to the 11 and the others that were gathered there. And as they're talking to them, Jesus comes and, and, and is in their midst. It just, let's just say they were a bit freaked out. I mean, imagine they, they were still trying to wrap their heads around what Jesus had said and, and they'd gone to the tomb and the tomb was empty, but it's like they were still trying to figure it out. But this man that they'd seen killed, crucified, was standing in their midst. I mean, he was dead. And him being with them, he had to re reassure them. It's like, no, I'm not a ghost. I am Jesus. I'm resurrected. I'm back with you. And he explains to them yet again what this meant. In Luke chapter 24, if we skip down to verse 44, it says, Then he said, Jesus speaking to them, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of, the, of, the law of Moses and the prophets, prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. I mean, it's the ultimate, I told you so. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rose from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed to the authorities in, of, uh, of his name to all nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And you are witnesses to these things. You know, we like to, to celebrate personal achievements. You know, our wins, things that we accomplish. But what Jesus did on the cross and with his resurrection was not a personal best. 
It's, it's not something that, that he set out to do or to accomplish for himself. This act of, of personal sacrifice that Jesus made and the triumph was for us. His message was and still is forgiveness of sin for all who repent. And his authority was in who he was. Overcoming the cross was Jesus' ultimate victory. But it wasn't his first victory and it wasn't just his victory. During his ministry on earth, Jesus showed that he was victorious over nature by calming the storm or turning the water into wine. Jesus showed that he was victorious over the powers of Satan by casting out demons and taking his authority. Jesus showed that he was victorious over sickness by his healing miracles. And it wasn't just for him. He was, he was moved with compassion. He, he, he loved people. He, Jesus lived a life of victory to give his followers a life of victory. Following Jesus' baptism, we read that in the first uh, books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the, the Gospels, that he, Jesus went to the wilderness uh, and was tempted by the devil. He, he, he had a one-on-one -on -one with the enemy. And, and the record says that he overcame that time of temptation. He, he didn't give in. He didn't sin. But again, I would argue that wasn't just for himself. That victory wasn't just his own. In fact, we can read in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, it says this. Speaking of Jesus, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings, those temptations, that we do, yet he did not sin. He had victory. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. He did it for those yet to come. His victory is our victory. We have this, this interesting account in, in the book of Revelation. Uh, it's the last book in the New Testament. And, and this is a, a record and account of, of John when he was in prison on the island of Patmos. And, and this describes him encountering the risen Jesus in a vision. And John says this. When I saw him, when John saw Jesus, it says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and he said, don't be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Now, I don't know if Jesus was actually holding a ring of keys in his hand at that moment. But the keys, the keys represented access. The keys represented dominion, authority, the power over things. And in this case, it was over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus' victory is our victory here this morning. He defeated death and removed the fear of death from all who accept him. Again, Paul writing to the church in Corinth in chapter 15. He he, he's explaining eternal things and he says this in, in talking about that transition from, from us in our flesh and blood to, to 
to the eternal things. He says, for the perishable, like us in our bodies, must be clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortal. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortal, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stand firm. Let nothing move you this morning. Even in death, we have victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus brings victory for all who will receive it. As time goes by, you know, it's very likely that at some point and hopefully soon, they will come up with a vaccine for COVID-19. That will be a huge victory for the scientists that comes up for, for that vaccine or, or the team of scientists that develop that vaccine. But it will ultimately be a huge victory for everyone who receives it. As Christians, we believe that, that sin is the disease and we believe that Jesus is the cure. But, but this message isn't meant to be, I'll say, rampant triumphalism. That, you know, it's like rah, rah. It's not all prosperity and promotion. I mean, it's, it's not all a walk in the park. Of course, a walk in the park right now would be illegal. Oh, sorry, is that too soon? Uh, sorry, bad moment. It's not a walk in the park. We have to realize that sometimes the entrance to victory does not look like you're winning. The entrance to victory seldom looks like you're winning. The cross did not look like victory. John 10, 17 and 18, Jesus speaking says, The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back up again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and I also have the authority to take it up again for this is what my Father has commanded. Sacrifice does not look like victory at the time. We, we want the big win. You know, we want the, the triumphant battle scene with the, the chariots and horses and, and horsemen. And, and, but that's not how it looks all the time. Victory doesn't always look like that. Even in Philippians, when, when there's this incredible, it's probably an old hymn or an original hymn where, where Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, but and he describes this as having the same attitude of Christ. Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11. And it says, you must have the same attitude as Christ, as Christ Jesus had. I want us to think about it. It says, though he was God, he did not think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Now, I want you to think about it. That does not sound like a win. That, that, that does not look good from an earthly perspective. That's counterintuitive to us. I mean, but wait, the very next verse says, therefore, 
In other words, because of this, because Jesus was willing to sacrifice and humble himself, because of the therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. That's victory. There will be days. There will be moments in your life when it does not look like you are winning. Moments when victory seems a long, long way off. Moments when it seems like everything is against you. You're in a dark tomb and the stone is rolled over the entrance. You're in your Good Friday you know, season. But I want to assure you, your Sunday is coming. Your stone will be rolled away. In these days of, of COVID-19, with layoffs and, and health risks and, and isolation and, and economic impact, it may look like defeat to some. Some days, it, it may look like defeat for, even for the church. But I want to declare today that we are not defeated that we have victory. You are not defeated. You have, have victory. I believe that God is, is in the business of resurrecting lives. I believe, I believe God that is, can bring victory in the darkest hour, in those moments when it seems all is lost, when people can, can hardly hold on. I believe that God speaks light into that, where, where people find hope and purpose and meaning and freedom and salvation and healing in the name of Jesus. God's plans and purposes will prevail. Romans 8, 37. The second half of it says, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. The, the writer of the Gospel of John explains why he wrote the account that he did in, in uh, when he wrote the book of John and, and in, the, in the second to the last chapter of that book, he says, it, it explains that, uh, you know, why he wrote it, why he, why he uh, captured all these miracles and what Jesus taught. And I want to include that in why we do what we do here at Faith City Church Online, why we preach this message, why we declare what we do. And it's found in John chapter 20, verses 30 to 31. And, and it says, The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book, the book of John. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. We continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ so that you may believe and have life. Jesus is alive that you might have life. Maybe you're hearing this and, and maybe this is new to you. Maybe, maybe you're not sure who this Jesus is. Maybe you're, you're not a Christian. Maybe you've heard about God, but you're not sure what to do with all of this. This message of victory that I described, this, this resurrection of Jesus, the miracles that he's done, and the reason that he's done it, is so that you may believe and have life. 
I think it's so important for us to, this morning even to take a moment and remember and recognize who we are and who we are in Christ. All of us have fallen short of God's glory and, and, and missed his standard. All of us are flawed and broken. But through the cross, through Jesus' death, through his sacrifice, his willingness, he made a way for us to be made right with God the Father who is perfect. And that sacrifice that he made for us, we can receive that and we can accept Jesus as our Savior. And we can find the healing and the relationship that God desires with us. It's, it's simply recognizing our brokenness, accepting God through Christ that he died for that brokenness and will bring us the healing that we need. We humble ourselves and we ask him to come into our lives and make us new. We accept him as our savior and our Lord. We recognize our need of him. If that's you here this morning and you recognize I'm not a Christian, but you want to be, you recognize that there's something in you that's missing and you're questioning, and is, what's the meaning of life? Is there more to life than this? The answer is yes, and that's found in Jesus Christ. Just as a vaccine will be, the, will be the cure for COVID, Jesus is the cure for our broken condition. And so I encourage you today that you can accept Christ. It's as simple as praying, dear Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I'm far from you. I need you, Lord. Come into my heart. I accept you, Jesus, today as my Savior. I want to walk with you. Forgive me for my sin and make me a new person. If you pray a prayer like that, Jesus is right there. And he, he will change your life forever. And if you pray that kind of a prayer, please let us know. You can, you can reach out to us um, with a message on, on Facebook or through our website. And, and we'll let you know how to do that as well. But I want to pray for some other folks here this morning as well. Just as Jesus was tempted, I believe that there's, there's some people that this morning that may be struggling with temptation. Jesus' victory over temptation gives us power over temptation. I want to pray for you this morning. There's some here this morning that, that may be uh, battling fear and anxiety in the season that we're in. Jesus came to, to give us victory over fear and anxiety. Maybe you're feeling defeated in your spirit. You're just down. You're desperate. You're depressed. Can, can I just say that, that Jesus came to give us victory and overcome those things? Those, those facing very real circumstances and issues this morning, whether it be finances or health or, or mourning the loss of a job or mourning the loss of a loved one, I believe that God is here in our midst to minister to those needs. So I just want us to take a moment and pray. God, I thank you for your word and I just pray that it would come alive in our lives. God, I pray for those that are struggling with temptation. Lord, they're fighting against the enemy and they're fighting against temptation. And God, I just I just speak your victory over those circumstances right now. God, that you would you would give us the strength, God, to overcome those things, to 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 come to grips with where we are. And Lord, to to turn to you and allow you to to help us in that. Those that are struggling with fear and anxiety, God, I speak peace in Jesus' name. God, that you would, you would be in the very midst of that and you would dispel the darkness. Lord, for those feeling defeated in their spirit, God, that you would bring victory, bring hope, bring life. And God, many of us are facing very real challenges in these days. But God, we just thank you for the victory that's in you. God, that you're our provider, you are peace, you are our victory. And so God, meet every need. 
come in and bring hope. As we celebrate your resurrection today, we thank you that you are risen. We can have life because you are alive. God bless in Jesus' name. Amen.